0: Hey folks, welcome back to the next episode of the Jedi Council Podcast Where we like to talk about mental health and your favorite fictional characters This is Brandon Saxton
1: And Katie Gordon
0: Katie, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing fine, I'm happy that it's Friday, I'm looking forward to the weekend How about you?
0: I'm doing horrible Oh And let me tell you why I recently started watching a show called Thirteen Reasons Why, and uh, and we're gonna have a lot to say about Thirteen Reasons Why. But the first thing I'm gonna say is it's not a feel good show. And uh, I
1: agree with you on that one. Uh, it'll it'll mess with one.
0: It's intriguing and mm-hmm. interesting, and it has a sort of I don't know compelling narrative. Yeah. But it it you need to make sure that you balance it out with something like The Office. Yeah. So you don't fall into a really low mood state, at least for me personally. No, so. no, when I say
1: it it might mess with one, I mean specifically with me, it messed with me. <laughs> so I was kind of projecting there. Oh, I yeah. think that, you know, um, I watched it rapidly. Mm. I'm already done with the series, and you're in a more reasonable almost halfway <laughs> yes. through, because it only came out the 31st or something. Okay, great. And I'm not even going to pretend like that's when I started watching it. I mean, I watched <laughs> them really quickly, well, so really it, cool. it was gripping. But yes. some of the stuff, I, I'm just glad that we're going to have some time to talk about it. It's going to be a few different episodes yes, because th- there's th- a lot there. Yes.
0: I think we'll do, be doing three episodes, I, maybe a fourth. Yeah. Three for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and we'll see where we're at after that. So um, other than that, I, I am doing, I'm like, I'm right in the middle now because it is Friday, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing. But I... Am feeling the emotional drain of, of some of the series, so to answer your question more honestly i 'm okay
1: okay that seems no i I know and to be i 'm going to tone down my previous response a little bit because well, I am good and I 'm happy that it 's friday i I was very strongly emotionally impacted by this i oh, mean yeah. it's a it 's a painful watch. I think it's important, and i 'm glad that I watched it, and then we 're going to talk about it yes. it's brought up a lot of discussion from a lot of people, including within the the field of um, mental health professionals yeah. who focus and specialize on suicide prevention. So I think it's important to have these conversations. But, it, yeah, it's emotionally draining is a, a good way to express it.
0: And I think it's also probably another great point to sort of uh, just drop it in. Uh, the next three or four episodes uh, are going to be uh, just pure spoilers. Exactly. We're yeah. not
1: going to try to be vague because I no. think it's going to be – it would, be, it would be really impossible
0: to sort of talk yeah. about the show without specific details. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't had a chance to watch 13 Reasons Why yet, uh, I'm through episode 5 right now. So if you are through about halfway through the series, you can probably listen to this episode safely, I think. Yeah. Um, and then after this episode, I would say you, you probably want to be done with the series. Unless you don't care about spoilers, then just mm-hmm. listen on because uh, we're diving in. Um, mm-hmm. Before we get started on 13 Reasons Why, though, I have a really quick sort of current event thing, if I can interrupt for a second. Um, As everyone who is familiar with Jedi Council knows, we're currently a part of the Geek Therapy Podcast Network. It's an awesome network of shows. It's got great shows like Geek Therapy, sort of the first show that started things off. It's got shows like Psych Tech, looking at psychology and technology. It's got uh, Rolling for Change, which is sort of a gaming and uh, and mental health uh, sort of show. And then... um, Headshots. Headshots, thank you. Geez, I, I, my memory isn't there. Which is it's just such
1: a big network that it, it's hard to, you know, always yeah, remember all absolutely. of them.
0: Absolutely, yeah. I can only do my best. So, <laughs> um, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to those shows, please go ahead and check them out. It's an awesome uh, network, and there's a great Facebook page that you can follow, and there's a good community over there with some interesting discussion. Um, and uh, maybe of more relevance, uh, we're currently doing a survey. And, uh, if you have a second to just go ahead and listen to the survey, we're just really as a network trying to, to, uh, see who's listening to our shows, uh, what shows are they listening to and what are they interested in hearing about. Uh, that way we can can cater the content to be specifically what, uh, people are interested in, in listening to. So if you have a second, I'll put a link in the bio if you could give that a listen. We'd really appreciate it. And, uh, if you could listen or check out any of the other shows, I'd really appreciate that too. That's my, that's my spiel. Let's, uh. Let's jump off that that Netflix diving board into the pool that is 13 (laughs) Reasons Why. The icy grip of, the icy just capture of that show is about to take us.
1: Okay, I'm ready.
0: Okay, 13 Reasons Why. Let's start off with with reiterating one more time. I'm about halfway through, you're all the way through. Let's start by just overall impressions. Go Mm -hmm. ahead, Katie.
1: Okay, so as I said, I... There was something compelling about this. I mean, I really, even though it was painful to watch a lot of the things that were happening, including that it's focused on suicide, um, you know that right from the start, I mean, going into it, and, and some other things that come up, um, I watched it pretty rapidly because I did want to see what the full story was. And so I think that that part, in terms of storytelling, was Helpful. I mean, that's probably... I mean, it's these Netflix new series, I think they're designed to binge like that, and so they, they did that, and... I Which, can I interrupt yes. you for a second? Yes. This is an
0: interesting new paradigm shift yes. in TV. Yeah, the show is much more designed not to leave you a cliffhanger between episodes mm-hmm. so you come back next week, but to leave you a cliffhanger at the end of the season if they're continuing the series on, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to sort of the... I don't know, it's interesting how TV's changing, but... Mm-hmm. Um, in response to the way people are consuming it, which is ten hours at a time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Including myself, apparently. Um, but and, and the other interesting thing is the the using the term binge because usually within mm-hmm. the mental health world we're talking you talk about binge drinking or yes. binge eating and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting that that's been attached to
0: it. Can I stop you one more time? Of course. Uh, this was something I was thinking about the other day, and, mm-hmm. and you'll have to forgive my tangent. Should we not be using the word binge when we talk about uh, consuming massive amounts of media in a brief period of time? Because I, on the one hand, I could see that it objectively applied to sort of the same thing because you're consuming a lot of something in one sitting or one period. But on the other hand, it is a term that's more associated with some maladaptive uh, behaviors related to mental health. Um, And I know one thing that we've talked about on this show before, and one thing that's important to us is to be careful about the words we use. Mm -hmm. So do you have any thoughts about that? You know, I think that
1: even though I care a lot about mental health and eating disorders and have uh, specifically worked within the realm of binge eating disorder, I I haven't found that as a particularly offensive term, but that's Mm -hmm. just my personal opinion. That's not a professional opinion, and Mm -hmm. that doesn't represent anyone other than myself. But... What I think is interesting is that I think people use it casually, but I do think actually for a lot of people it does reflect uh, loss of control mm-hmm. over being able to stop watching mm-hmm. the media and so you know it, it's tough because on one hand I do think words matter and as mm-hmm. we talk about suicide, certainly the words that you use oh, yeah. surrounding suicide matter um, and so if I would certainly respect anyone who didn't like that, but for some reason that one isn't one that I have heard anyone. And they may be out there,
0: Mm -hmm. express
1: feeling offended or Mm -hmm. confused by that. Mm -hmm. So that's just my opinion. What do you think?
0: I'm on the exact same page as you. I'm not familiar with anyone who has sort of said we should avoid that term in that context. And I've heard it used very commonly by a lot of different people. And and I've never heard anyone oppose it. And uh, it was just something I was thinking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't have strong feelings about it Mm -hmm. because I, I think it's... I think it's subtly different, and I am i could be wrong. Like you said, this is just my opinion.
1: We're thinking and, aloud we're during this recording, yes. which means we may be wrong. Th-
0: that's the thing with the Jedi Council podcast. This isn't rehearsed. No. You're, you're, I have a little piece of paper with a couple notes in front of me. That's it. Yeah. You're just getting the, <laughs> the peer thoughts. That's right. No, so, uh, whereas, if I can use for an example, uh, from last week, depression. When someone mm-hmm. says, I'm depressed, when they're sort of, feeling down or, or maybe they're, you know, not actually clinically mm-hmm. depressed. I think that's taking a specific term that or a specific disorder, actually, and applying it in a way that's inaccurate, mm-hmm. whereas binging, I don't know. I mm-hmm. go back and forth the more I think about mm-hmm. it. So I guess I don't have any answer at all.
1: Well, let's put it this way. I could be convinced that I should rethink using that term if someone yes. had a compelling case, but mm-hmm. I, I just haven't heard that, and I yep. haven't heard that from Um, And I haven't looked real hard either, so that will be my assignment, is to look and see if anyone's written about that, and and we can report back on that in the next episode. But um, at this point, you know, there are other things. Like, for example, I use the term recommended from the field of suicide prevention die by suicide rather than commit suicide because of course commit you commit sins you commit crimes and things like that and that is one that when I hear that and some of this is going to there's variability when I hear someone use the term commit suicide that that bothers me Mm -hmm. and and you know it's not I'm not judging them if they just don't know Mm -hmm. to use it a different way but it does always kind of catch my attention Mm -hmm. and I think some of this is like what we're sensitive to different Mm -hmm. things.
0: No, I, I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up next too because I think it's another great example of being careful with the words we use. And uh, just like you, if I do hear someone say commit suicide, uh, I don't judge them negatively or anything like that. But sometimes I bring it up, depending mm-hmm. on my comfort level of the person. Mm-hmm. And I usually, um, it's usually very easy for people to understand sort of the idea, especially I often cite the uh, study that you talked about with the Logan episode mm-hmm. um, that was done in your lab that just looked at the negative connotations with the obituaries, and, mm-hmm. and we don't need to cover it in detail again. But I think when with a compelling example like that and a piece of uh, literature or, or data to support it, it's easy to understand why continuing to use the term commit sort of implies the negative uh, blame, criminal, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, immoral things that are associated with that term. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so we'll think about it, and if you are listening and you have feelings about using netflix binge or mm-hmm. binging on any kind of media uh let us know because i am interested I am in too. exploring this mm-hmm. idea and thinking about it a lot more
0: so i apologize for the tangent
1: oh no <laughs> need to apologize this is important stuff and that's you know this is our podcast so there are conversations that we're having and yeah. not like you said not overly rehearsed things and not overly edited either
0: oh i i wouldn't know how if i even <laughs> wanted to <laughs> so
1: on that light note because it's about to
0: it's turn dark, dark fast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Buckle up.
1: May, yeah, maybe we should just uh, dive right in. And honestly, you know, even though uh, Brandon mentioned that he's uh, finished episode five and I've, mm-hmm. I've finished them all, um, there was a lot of material to unpack from the early episodes that I don't even know that will move much beyond the first couple in this one.
0: No, I, I don't think so either. I think it's probably a good place to start. And uh, maybe, um, well... You've sort of given your impressions of yeah. the show. It's captivating. I think I'll just probably mirror a lot of what you said. Uh, I think the thing that really sucked me in right away to the show is at its core, it's very much a mystery, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. It's sort of who's behind this, who, mm-hmm. what happened, and who did what that sort of led to... Hannah, one of the main characters, Mm -hmm. and the individual who died by suicide, what was the events that took place that led her to dying by suicide? Mm -hmm. So there is something inherently in the narrative that's very captivating and uh, leaves you wanting to figure out more, wanting to learn more. So I think, uh, because I think there, I'm anticipating that there's going to be some criticism coming about some of the things that are depicted, I would start to by giving some credit mm-hmm. uh, in terms of it's a compelling narrative it in is. and of itself.
1: It is, and I thought that some of the acting was great. I mean, really captured oh, yeah. it. You know, um, Clay, for example, who's the young man who's kind of uh, he is the main He's character. The main, He's I, driving the story. I yeah. mean, and and I don't know if we gave a brief summary, but essentially, uh, Hannah Baker died mm-hmm. by suicide, and she left cassettes which was yep. interesting and there are basically 13 sides and each one is a, detailing a specific reason that she perceives to have caused her death and she's got kind of an elaborate plan of she left the tapes with a friend Tony, mm-hmm. and Tony had specific instructions about the sequence in which to pass months mm-hmm. and so when we get to them it's Clay listening to them going through all of them and kind of revealing the story, and I think that he realistically depicts you know, he lost a friend by, by suicide and he's desperately trying to find out why and mm-hmm. wrestle with his emotions around it, and so that was another strength that mm-hmm. I thought was was in it.
0: And I think it's also worth mentioning that um, there's sort of a map that goes along yes. with the tapes as well, just in case folks haven't mm-hmm. seen it and they're just interested. The idea is that someone gets the cassette tapes they listen to the cassettes and they go sort of go along with this map that sort of follows this journey that led to Hannah taking her life and as uh, Clay listens, each episode reflects one side of one tape mm-hmm. so it works through the 13 sides of the tapes, 13 reasons so that's sort of how the journey of that she underwent is sort of reflected. Clay sort of relives it through the tapes and this map, and he's following her mm-hmm. physically and hearing the story through the earbuds or, yeah. or beats. Yes. Beats by Dread had wireless headphones. Is that what it was? They looked really
1: nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that that was another nice Product part placement. of it. Yeah. And actually while we're talking about things we like and that are mm-hmm. more lighthearted, I did relevant to this particular podcast, there's a sweet exchange in the movie theater. So Hannah where is Hannah and, mm-hmm. and Clay work. Yes, we're Hannah the theater, Exactly. Yeah. And so Hannah is training Clay as he starts there. And Hannah says, Do you like it in this town? And Clay says, I've only ever lived here. That's like asking Han Solo if he liked living in space. Of course, love the stars reference. Mm-hmm. And she says, wow, you're an actual nerd. There's courage in that. And I thought that, this is so minor, but I thought that was a sweet exchange and some nerd positivity within that scene, which I enjoy.
0: Absolutely. Always appreciate the nerd positivity, mm-hmm. Star Wars references, and I think just letting people like whatever they like. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I don't know. I. It's a conversation for another story, but mm-hmm. I always get so weirded out know, when people are uncomfortable when someone has a particular interest. That's, yeah. of course, not harmful or right, oppressive right. to anyone else. Of course. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, I agree. So um, that's the basic setup of the story, and maybe we can kind of go right into some of the talking points
0: that we noticed. Yeah, so let's start off with the memorial. Okay. So it's very early in the first episode. We see that Hannah's locker is uh, decorated, for lack of a better term, uh, is has stickers and uh, notes and uh, things all over it. Pictures, I think. Maybe pictures and maybe flowers. And uh, it's sort of set up as a memorial to mm-hmm. Hannah and people saying, I'm sorry, or you'll be missed, or we miss you, etc., etc., etc. And eventually, uh, I think it moves from the locker and there's actually a table set up mm-hmm. that contains flowers and cards and stuff, uh, sort of in remembrance of Hannah as well. And uh, when we first see it on the walker, of course, which I don't know if we have a perfect timeline of how long that is after Hannah has taken her life, but presumably not very long. Um, The first thing that stood out to me, if I can just sort of dive right in, is that two students walk right up to it, and one turns around and they take a uh, selfie right in front of the um, memorial, and we later see that I think posted on a uh, a news feed or uh, Instagram or yeah, something. Hashtag
1: like that. is it never forget or yep. something like I, that. I think
0: that's exactly what it says, and uh, that's that was the very first thing where I started to go. I'm not going to like some of these people very much because that made me very uncomfortable, uh, and I I it, it I don't know I don't know, Kate. Do you have any sense of whether or not that's realistic? I could personally see that being realistic. And uh, really, it, it's, that's when my heart started to break uh, in some of the depictions of things that happen in the series, where someone's life being lost is trivialized in a way like that. And I don't know, maybe you have a different opinion, maybe other people do, but I, I could very much see that happening.
1: I, th- I think that's realistic. In fact, I remember a news article that I was saying that was complaining about people going on tours of concentration camps and taking selfies mm-hmm. in the concentration oh, yeah. camps and so i do think that on one hand i want to you know i don't want to just sound like i, I want to be sensitive to the fact that a lot of people take selfies and to mm-hmm. them maybe they don't think it's a big deal mm-hmm. they want to take a picture of themselves in the area rather mm-hmm. than just taking pictures of the things so maybe it doesn't occur to them why that wouldn't be mm-hmm. sensitive but it's kind of it's an unusual thing to put yourself at the center of something when you're focusing on death by suicide mm-hmm. or a concentration camp. like yes. It kind of suggests a couple things. One is that you're not really engaged fully in the experience. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not um, immersed in it. You're thinking about showing other people what you're mm-hmm. doing, which I think all of us have that to some extent. Yeah. I mean, that's a Absolutely. lot of what social media is. But I think it stands out more when it gets to things like the focus is supposed to be. Hannah died by suicide. That's the tragedy, mm-hmm. not your response to it. Mm-hmm. And same thing with in the concentration camps. Like you're focusing, um, you're supposed to be mindful and thinking about those types of things. There's a lot going on. It's an unusual time to think. Here's me processing it, mm-hmm. and now let me upload it to Instagram. And mm-hmm. so, um, again, I don't think that I don't think that adolescents are being malicious and intent Mm -hmm. or anything like that, but it does feel like an area where you want some things to be kind of more serious and sacred and and be about the task at hand rather than uh, turning it into about you or something like that. That
0: reminds me, and uh, forgive me again Mm -hmm. for another Friday afternoon tangent, but I remember when Pokemon Go first came out, uh, people at the Holocaust Museum were very uncomfortable that Mm -hmm. people were playing Pokemon Go there. So, you know, related, where Mm -hmm. you can, I mean... Millions of people died, and and a whole people was targeted. Mm. Uh, and to be playing Pokemon Go there is it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It, related, where you can see that, yeah, yeah. Well, so this is part. I think
1: this is part of the larger cultural change of. Um, of social media being ever present Mm -hmm. and things like that but that's why it's maybe especially important so i didn't have a problem with that happening in 13 reasons why because i think that's realistic like you said Mm -hmm. but the behavior i had an issue with and so it would be nice in my ideal world that someone's like hey that's not cool or something Mm -hmm. like that like you know let's not don't do that Mm -hmm. you know
0: So what do we know about memorials like that? Uh, Are they good? Are they bad? Uh, Is it a good way to remember someone who died by suicide, or should we avoid them? Do you have any thoughts about that, Katie, based on what you know about suicide?
1: I'm not familiar with a lot of specific research Mm -hmm. on that. However, I did notice that a particular website suggested that you shouldn't make memorials for people who die by suicide because it may be viewed as romanticizing it Mm -hmm. so like it's um it's it's looking like there's some positive out of it like people are paying attention and and really care and I guess at an extreme the idea is that someone who's vulnerable might see that and think if I die by suicide then everyone will care about me or something Mm -hmm. it's important to not romanticize suicide I feel very strongly about that but and again this is a personal opinion The part that's hard for me is that I I struggle with the idea that you can't make a memorial for one kind of death, but for others you can. So I think that people do make memorials at school if someone dies from cancer Mm -hmm. or from a car accident. I mean, when people die in a car accident, sometimes on the side of the road, they set up a memorial. And I don't think that suicide should be treated differently than that because memorials are, and and, in this series, of course, there's some other weird stuff going on, but usually... It's meant to help the grieving and mm-hmm. commemorate a person. And so I don't think that people who have lost someone to suicide should not have that experience. And when I was in Seattle for a eating disorder conference, actually, a few years back, I, I'm a fan of Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And so I went, we went to um, Kurt Cobain's house where he used to live because there is a little bit of a memorial set up from fans. It's a bench outside of it. And people write things like lyrics and um, I Love You, Kurt, and stuff like that about Kurt Cobain, who died by suicide, in case anyone isn't familiar mm-hmm. with him. Um, actually, I think it's been it 20 years? Longer than that, probably. I think he. I, I think it's it's been over 20 years at this point. I'm not totally sure. But it's been a while. So people still go by and like kind of pay their respects. So they'll leave like a flower or write something like that. I don't view that as romanticizing it. I view it as a way of people... Kind of having a process or dedication, a way to kind of channel their emotionality about something that happened. I think that romantic, you know, a memorial could be romanticizing mm-hmm. suicide, but in this case, I didn't. That didn't jump out as me as, as to what was happening. But I don't know. What did you
0: think about that? I was on the same exact page. And one thing I'm thinking about right now, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, is um, I can understand the argument that a memorial romanticizes suicide, mm-hmm. but I also think that setting an idea. Or selling that idea that we shouldn't do it because it could romanticize suicide in some way, and this is just my perspective, mm-hmm. and I'm open to other perspectives, might feed into the stigma underlying yeah. suicide. If we're saying that it's not, I don't think the message is that's not good or we shouldn't mm-hmm. talk about it, but that's kind of involved in it. And we're saying it's okay to put a moral up for someone who dies by other reasons but not by suicide, they're inherently, in that argument, there's a piece that's saying we shouldn't talk about it on the same level of other things. And I think that it, that's the antithesis to the, the way to address the stigma around suicide and the stigma around mental health as well. Because I think that by being making people aware and by talking about it and, and allowing people to be open about when they're having thoughts about suicide... Uh, when when we're covering things up like that, you're pushing that away. So I, I think that's another component of it, is I think that the transparency and the visibility is so important that, that I think that it's an okay thing. That's I, my take.
1: No, I completely agree with you. Same goes for people who have died from drug overdoses Absolutely. or other mental health-related issues. I think that uh, being open about it, being aware, and not treating it like it's something that you have to hide or that doesn't have the other kind of types of any kind of comfort that people get when they lose a loved one like Uh a memorial, taking that away from people concerns me Um, one thing that I thought about in terms of an example of what romanticizing might look like is after Robin Williams died, I remember there was a lot of controversy about something that was tweeted out from the academy um, I think from, from maybe it was around the night of the Oscars, I don't remember you can at me with the misinformation if that's if that's incorrect but the point is that the uh, the academy um tweeted out a picture because robin williams after he died by suicide um prior to that he played the genie in the disney movie aladdin and they show a depiction of from the movie of um the character that robin williams played the genie hugging aladdin and it says genie you're free and There are a lot of people concerned about that romanticizing suicide by saying like now you're in a better place after you killed yourself. And so when that kind of stuff happens, I get it. Like you're (laughs) saying like it could be sending the message to a vulnerable person like now you're free of pain and now you've escaped. And so I get that. I think that when you're doing memorials, it's important to be thoughtful about them. But not having them all together, that's hard for me to uh,
0: get on board with. Absolutely. All right, anything else to say about memorials so we, do we keep on trucking?
1: I think we, we, we got a lot of points. We
0: do. Okay, uh, the next thing, that we, mm-hmm. okay, actually let me recap memorials really quick to leave okay. people with something to take home from That's it. That's a good idea. Uh, memorials. So uh, depicted in the show, and I think depicted accurately, <clears throat> as well as some behaviors around the memorials that I think could have been an accurate depiction of how some individuals might uh, behave around them. Uh, We had some problems with the behavior, not any problems with the depiction. And overall, I would say that we, on a personal level, don't uh, feel that memorials are a negative thing and might help when done properly and not romanticized, uh, can help people talk and think and mourn about suicide.
1: That is an excellent summary. Okay.
0: Next thing uh, we're going to talk a little bit about is warning signs. Yes. So in the show, uh, the... Uh, and you're, you have much more comprehensive notes than I do, and I don't have my own open, so I'm going to lean on you a little bit here. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, is it the counselor talks about some of the warning signs for suicide?
1: The counselor does at one point, but okay. earlier on okay. the communication teacher, right, who's oh, kind okay. of the focus of it, she's reviewing warning signs after Hannah's death. Okay. That's kind of in response to her. Okay, yeah. so
0: this is, I think, our first bone that we're going to pick with the show because they talk about some of the warning signs and some of the things that they talk about. Uh, the teacher who, as you pointed out and, and kindly redirected me, the counselor plays a big role in the show, so that's what No, the counselor yeah. does give the warning okay. signs too, though, and they are okay. the same warning signs, okay. so okay. it wasn't just so like
1: one person's giving the wrong. Like, okay,
0: yeah. so, so they're depicted multiple yeah. times, and the warning signs that they talk about are withdrawing from friends and family, uh, change in appearance, which uh, the best I, I could understand, and I think you were the same, was Hannah cuts her hair much shorter. Yeah, I think that was it.
1: Yeah,
0: uh, uh, trouble in group projects, which, I, I okay, and uh, and and those were kind of the main ones, right? Mm-hmm. D- withdrawing from friends and family, a, the haircut, really, but they call it a change in appearance, mm-hmm. and trouble working in group projects. Um, so, uh, based on the research, and when, when we have a lot of good research about risk factors for suicide. Uh, do those map on very accurately?
1: Well, the first one sure does. Withdrawing yes. from friends and family, and uh, that is an important thing when you notice that to try to understand what's going mm-hmm. on with that person. And so, as a reference, when we're talking about warning signs of suicide, we will link to this. We're using um, the American Association of Suicidology's war- um, warning signs of suicide, and so that's the source that we're using yep. here. And there a wonderful organization that focuses on scientifically driven and compassionate work towards suicide prevention. And
0: the website uh, through the organization has a lot of interesting and accurate information. Uh, I can't recommend navigating around it enough, but, yes, that's where... It's a uh, great resource. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. where we're getting the warning signs. Mm-hmm. And the, you, if you just do a Google search for warning signs for suicide, you'll find so many different uh, lists resources whatever but this is one that we're familiar with and we trust so that's kind of what we're basing this off of yeah just to sort of set the stage
1: yeah exactly right and sure enough withdrawal is on there Absolutely. right and so that's totally there they mentioned change in appearance that's not really a warning sign and i'm not saying that change in appearance couldn't be but it's uh it could be due to a lot of different things mm-hmm. and certainly having a haircut is not something that would jump out at me as a warning sign for suicide. Is
0: there more, or rather, are there more changes to her appearance that I'm just not familiar with yet, as we see throughout the series? So, uh, as far as I've seen so far in the first half of the show, her appearance hasn't changed yet. So, is there more coming uh, that I'm going to see?
1: I don't think so. It's really the haircut.
0: Okay, so, yeah, I, uh, I, it feels like an opportunity missed. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm going to say. Yes. Because, Yes, we have the uh, withdrawal from friends and family. Social isolation is—it it can be very dangerous. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. so like you pointed out, um, but it feels like they missed the mark for me. That's how I feel. To talk about changes in appearance and problems with group projects right. is just so vague. And and honestly, I think if you took a sample, almost everyone has a problem with a, a group project at least. In general, people just don't even like group projects. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And that's, you know, I don't want to split hairs or, or say that, you know, that that they were... I don't know, I just don't think that's a good, robust predictor of suicide. And I'm not familiar with data that, for all the problems with group signs, unless you're implying or implicitly underlying that is the social withdrawal piece of it. But they've already addressed that, and that's fine. They should have left it, and they could have focused on a lot of other more accurate data-driven, theory-tested warning signs. Well,
1: that that's the part that you're absolutely... Well, you're, not, you're only right about one part, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you. And the rest of it, <laughs> uh, way off the mark. No, I i think that what, I, what most bothers me about this is this is a clear way to deliver information about what warning signs are for suicide, and it's missed. And I thought it was just an error, but like we talked about, the counselor kind of says the same things. And so if... If you look at what these are, so we mentioned withdrawal, there's also uh, purposelessness, hopelessness, and we'll talk about some of these things that come up. Um, Sometimes substance abuse, feeling trapped, recklessness or anger, mood changes. And then in addition to that, this website separates into warning signs of acute risk, threatening to hurt or kill him or herself, talking of wanting to hurt or kill him or herself looking for ways to seek access to firearms, available pills, or other means, talking or writing about death, dying or suicide, when these actions are out of the ordinary for this person. And um, they've even expanded some of this, too, to go on, but, um, you know, it's more about dramatic mood changes and things like that. And so here's a place in the show where they could have really said these are we're going to at least it it would be totally believable within the fictional world that the teacher would have accurate warning signs to share mm-hmm. right and then and Absolutely. they didn't do that
0: no it, it was I a struggle it was a, that. a perfect opportunity mm-hmm. for some really great mental health education or uh you know just dissemination of accurate uh, knowledge through a show that's already wildly popular and will be seen by so many, and it really, to me, just seemed like a a real unfortunate missed opportunity Mm -hmm. to really do some good, and instead, uh, you know, picked one good warning sign and a couple of things that are maybe tangentially related, or maybe just unrelated. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now we've got missed, I mean, it's just plain and simple misinformation.
1: Right, so they, you know, so they could... They could be related, like maybe you're oh, starting the group be. projects yeah. because you're uh, the person is feeling so down and they can't. But the point is, the more precise you are, yes. the better you're going to be able ed- to identify these. things.
0: You could very much make an argument that th- those are indirect, uh, right. indirect consequences of what might have been accurate and uh, you know more precise, measurable, uh, theory-driven warning signs.
1: Exactly, or even you know, change in appearance. If the person, if that means. Um, so, in weight gain or weight loss, which Absolutely. could be reflective of a mental health problem, or they're not taking care of basic hygiene things anymore, yes. and there's declining functioning. But it really was kind of like, oh, she got her hair cut shorter. Yeah. That
0: and that's yeah. and maybe there was more. Maybe I need to watch it again. But that's all I've.
1: I seen. haven't watched yeah. all of them. Can yeah. tell you that there's not that that was the main so,
0: thing. So, so that's a, that's our first sort of bone to pick mm-hmm. uh, is that there, there was a real missed opportunity to discuss some accurate warning signs and and help people learn a little more about that. Um, another thing that I I want to, I would like to go a little bit in maybe an alternating, so that mm-hmm. was one thing I didn't have a, a lot of uh, love for. Mm-hmm. One thing that I did like, uh, or I didn't like it, jeez Louise, but I thought it was depicted accurately, was the mother's, and the, both parents, mm-hmm. both of Hannah's parents, the depiction of their response to Hannah's suicide, I thought was, I, it was very believable Mm -hmm. for me so her mother uh is when she first they go to clear out uh, hannah's locker Uh, She notices that there are no stickers or pictures, and her mother is very concerned about that and asks, I think it was the principal maybe who was with, or it was actually the guidance counselor, and says, why why weren't there any stickers? Why doesn't she have anything hanging in her locker? And it's very much seemed to me, based on what I've seen so far, of the mother in particular, but both parents to some extent, but the mother very much was dealing with this, why did this happen? Uh, what? How did I miss some of these things, and what could have I have done differently? Mm-hmm. Which, to me, seemed very believable and very accurate yeah. and very compassionate. Oh, yeah. I that
1: thought. that was one. You know, there are a lot of heartbreaking aspects to that, but I thought that that part seemed to resonate with parents that I've seen struggle with losing yes. someone to suicide. And, and that part seemed realistic and i thought the the kind of uh desperation to understand what happened or what was mm-hmm. missed and and to to find a way to prevent it from to other people i think that was mm-hmm. well depicted
0: and uh I, every time you see her she looks like she was e- probably just crying and yeah a, and just you can just the the acting was phenomenal and really depicts a, a devastation that i mm-hmm. think was very accurate. And there's also this the plot with uh, she's trying to get justice. Yeah, she exactly. wants to figure, you know, why did this happen? And, mm-hmm. and someone needs to be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. I, I, not that, you know, there's someone to blame for suicide all the mm-hmm. time, but I think that sort of response was depicted accurately.
1: I think so. And, and you know, I, I think it's an important point to say here that what opens up kind of early on in this as a contributing factor to Hannah's suicide is she has um, there is a a guy that she likes at her school who mm-hmm. she think is thinks is genuinely interested in her and maybe he, he is I mean they kind of depict it that way yeah and they meet at a park and she slides down the slide and he takes a picture and it's kind of up uh, her skirt or her mm-hmm. dress or whatever she's wearing a revealing
0: photo for sure exactly that she's sliding down the slide yep
1: exactly and um, you know she's that was her first kiss and that's kind of special to her. And then his friends are like, you know, what happened, and trying to get the story, and he's kind of exaggerating a little to make it sound like it went further than it did. And then he shows his friends the picture, Mm -hmm. and then one of them, Bryce, sends it to a bunch of people, and... I Presumably,
0: think, everyone. Yeah. And the next scene they show. Yeah. Ultimately, it's everyone It's spreading around it. the school. Exactly. Within it seems like less than an hour, everyone has seen
1: it. Exactly. In, in the, in the and school. this has been in the news. This stuff happens. Oh, that whether it's uh, sending pictures that you think are going to be private or pictures like this, where it was that she didn't really consent to have a picture taken oh, that way. Not. So I'm not
0: even sure she was aware of it. No, no. It, she was sort of having fun and sliding on. Yeah, the side exactly. Very much in the moment. So it was seemed very. Uh, Yeah, she didn't consent to it, and I'm not sure she was made aware of it Mm -hmm. until I think it was sent to her, including everyone else.
1: Exactly. And so, to be crystal clear, that behavior, unfortunately, I think that depiction of sharing those pictures, that that could happen. That happens in news stories. That's realistic. However, it's Completely unacceptable behavior That he took the picture That he showed it to his friends And then it was sent everywhere And you see how rapidly um, The gossip and the people mm-hmm. turning against her And kind of begin this Slut shaming type thing Which is a
0: continual theme That exactly. I think we'll touch upon uh, again Exactly, Almost exactly.
1: her yeah. reputation has changed mm-hmm. And people are acting like that And so I think that's painful Because you hear true stories of these mm-hmm. types of things Happening um, And so I think that that is depicted somewhat in a way where you empathize with her, that that's scary and sad that that happened. And so on one hand, I think it's important that they're addressing this very timely issue. Bullying has been around, but the idea of rapidly sharing pictures and and making things public, that's relatively a newer Mm -hmm. phenomenon. And there are probably a lot of adults who aren't as familiar with how rapidly these things can oh, happen absolutely. if they're not paying attention to it. So that was, I, I know we were supposed to alternate, but I accidentally no, said another okay. point that I thought no, was no. important. Um, and so I thought that that was a good one. But on the the flip side of that, one of the issues that I had is that... It goes on to detail a lot more reasons in her perception why she ultimately dies by suicide. But again, the whole thing carrying the series is that she left these tapes that blame individual after individual for what for what they did, and it feels. Can I jump in really quick with a question? Yes.
0: I and I don't know if this Mm -hmm. continues, but does each side of the tape link to one specific person or one specific reason or both? Because it's sort of been a trend so far that each side has talked about a specific incident that happened with one person uh, that was sort of related to it. Does that seem continue that – are there 13 people involved, or is it sort of you get the core group in the beginning and it's 13 reasons?
1: You know, it – I believe for most of them it's one person. Okay. Each person has their own tape. And as you can see, because I was – had podcasting on when I was taking this, I actually took – a lot of notes while I was doing this and I started to slack a little towards the end in terms of highlighting the name of the person but I can say confidently that 1 through 11 and tape 13 are directed at a specific person. Okay. And so this is where I think nuance is important in that the contributions for example of Justin in that first episode he's the one who took that inappropriate mm-hmm. picture of her shared with friends. Bryce is the one who sent it around. That's completely unacceptable and yet here is the... the the side that I think is important one, a lot of people don't respond to bullying by suicide and I mm-hmm. worry about how tightly linked that is mm-hmm. as a series goes on
0: um, and just I think in general, mm-hmm, I think there, mm-hmm. there's a lot of association between those two things mm-hmm. and I think it's related to some maybe high profile or very sensationalized stories mm-hmm. of teen suicide that I think and I don't, you, I, you can never always know or, and I don't always know mm-hmm. but sometimes I think there's a Predisposition, or or some, or just it just so happens that to make it a more interesting story, sometimes the way that it's told is retroactively bullying is associated or tied into the suicide.
1: Yeah, and and tragically, I mean, I, I think about it like people who are uh, mercilessly teased, rejected, mm-hmm. uh, physically assaulted, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. I you get why they're put at risk mm-hmm. and stuff like that, and so. But the thing that I think. Bothered me a bit about this series is that rather than talk about like these are the negative consequences that bullying has. Like, look, you hurt her feelings, she was isolated, she struggled, she's a real person. It seemed like a more of a punishing, like, if you do this, then the person will kill themselves, and that's Mm -hmm. why you shouldn't do it. And to me, that's not um first of all, that's not true in all cases, and I worry about like a, a warning kind of tail where that doesn't always happen. It reminds me, and this might be a bit of a stretch, but some of the um, drug prevention programs, like old like reefer madness, like if you ever smoke pot, you're gonna go completely like, like this and be out of control and all this stuff. And so I worry a little bit like if it's like, you should never bully anyone because they'll kill themselves. It's like, what about you should never bully anyone because it's really hurtful. In some cases, it's to the point where it's frankly illegal and um, immoral. But instead, it's kind of almost like Hannah is teaching them a lesson by forcing them to go through mm-hmm. the motions of the pain one by one. And, and that revenge tone, I worry, because that mm-hmm. is a negative stereotype about suicide. I'm mm-hmm. not saying it never happens, mm-hmm. but in many, many cases, it's that's the suicide is not to get revenge on people or to make them see the light and mm-hmm. stuff like that about all the wrongdoings they did. And so that... that made her I think a little less sympathetic
0: Oh, absolutely. you know
1: because it starts to get this thing where she's you know now what you're feeling in your mind now you know what I'm feeling like mm. it's, it's oh, kind of yeah. feels like she specifically
0: says that mm-hmm. yeah. on the I
1: thought I didn't make that up that's no, good that I'm glad you have that to that verify that and so to me uh, yeah does that happen ever maybe to some mm-hmm. extent but most people who die by suicide uh, it's not for revenge
0: yeah absolutely okay very good um, I think we have one left talking, or one talking point left, actually, rather, for this uh, first sort of dive into 13 Reasons Why, and that is the depiction of variability in responses. Mm-hmm. So, right away, uh, in the first episode, especially, we see a lot of this where, uh, you know, Clay is, of course, struggling uh, very much with Hannah's suicide, and as he gets the tapes, he wants to figure out what happened and what's going on. Uh, we've talked about uh, her mother, who is just devastated, uh, and very much impacted by it. Uh, but then we see some other people taking selfies in front of the mm-hmm. memorial. We see uh, they're sort of hanging up signs around the schools, like things, uh, you know, sort of suicide prevention or it'll be okay sort of yeah, sayings, yeah. Uh, preventative sayings maybe. And uh, in class, uh, we see one person sort of say, hi, can you remember what he said? Something along the lines. He uh, can just... we
1: stop talking about this? It's really bumming me out.
0: Yeah, so they're a little bit of a flippant response mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, I mean, just, there's kind of this depiction of variability in how people respond to suicide. And I think that's probably very accurate, uh, you know, just in how people deal with things differently. So we see some people who are like that person didn't want to be bummed out was maybe largely unbothered by mm-hmm. that. Someone died. He didn't want to be made You bo- He didn't, didn't, want to to be, yeah, didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. He didn't want to talk about it anymore. It's, it's over. Whereas other people want to figure out what happened and why it happened and what could I have done and what did I miss? So, yeah, I don't know. That, I thought that was an interesting component. And I think it sort of takes the back seat to a lot of the drama and the stories. But in the beginning, it's certainly prevalent.
1: And, and even in the outward expression, so Clay's clearly one of the most impacted people, but he really keeps telling people he's he's fine, pretty much. I mean, Tony mm-hmm. has a little bit of an idea that mm-hmm. there's a problem, but when his parents ask him and stuff like that, he kind of keeps it inside, whereas other people, like Courtney, for example, mm-hmm. is, keeps getting flowers for the memorial, and yeah. as her mom comments, well, you must, you know, you must not have been very close because she doesn't like roses or whatever yeah. the flower was. I and so that. you see this really big difference in the outward expression and also the internal ways that people are dealing with it, and some of it has to do with how close they are to Hannah, But I think some of it has to do with their own feelings. And so Mm -hmm. like um, later on, I won't say too much about it, but this character, Zach, uh, he has some of his own feelings that I think are related to how he's grieving it because he's just thinking about, I think, trying to connect what it means that she was experiencing these things and what does it mean for him. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's certainly true when someone tragically dies by suicide that you do see a variability in responses.
0: So those are all of our talking points, I think, for our first Mm -hmm. episode on 13 Reasons Why. Um, A lot of people uh, tweeted really interesting discussion points or questions for us. If you have any more questions or things that you would like to hear us talk about, um, please do tweet those at us. We're actually going to save that all for the very end, and then we're going to kind of rapid-fire go through all of them. Um, I do want to also bring up if, uh, you know... Thinking about the topic and suicide, uh, if you uh, you know need to, someone to talk to, or, or it's just a great resource. I didn't mm-hmm. just want to put it out there, and I'll include a link to it in the bio as well. But the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is an absolutely wonderful resource. For, uh, in you know, just I don't know, get it out there, share it on your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think just talking about the resources and getting them out there are effective. And that's one eight zero zero two seven three eight two five five. So that's well, I mean just one of of many resources that are out there but that's a that's a good one so.
1: yeah and it's twenty four seven available yeah. free confidential and the website if you're more comfortable they have a chat function on yes. there if you don't want to call and it's suicidepreventionlifeline.org. dot org and so again we'll we'll link to it uh, the second thing that that I want to say this this area is uh very important to Brendan and i both we yeah. we are interested in researching it and interested in working uh with people on it and and therefore i, I i'm a little more nervous talking about it than some of the other things because yeah. i want to get it right
0: i feel that way as well you it's, know? It's, it, when we're talking about batman you can mm-hmm. tweet at me and tell me i missed something yeah. Batman. i never will I know everything about no, that, but true. I But this matters. It, does. it doesn't matter if I say something wrong
1: about that. Yeah, energy.
0: this is important, and mm-hmm. I. And I'm sorry, I'm I'm sort of taking over your point. No. But but <laughs> uh, you're speaking, and now I am, and that's how podcasting <laughs> works. Uh, I, I would just like to say I know that maybe these episodes are a little harder. we it's not our usual sort of humor that's brought to it. Yeah, and and. That, that maybe will lead back to your point, but you were making before I interrupted
1: you. No, that, no that, I think that is, that is a good point. And, and what I want to say is that if I've said something that's incorrect, please tell me and we'll, we'll uh, correct it. And some of these are just opinions, like I've said. But if there's something that I've, I've completely missed, mm-hmm. then I'm very open to that. And so I'd like to have this as kind of a dialogue mm-hmm. rather than um, say that everything I'm saying is completely set in stone.
0: That's a really good point, point. So, and I think I would like to just open that up in general mm-hmm. for anything that we yeah. have or we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, With the sort of comic book mental health stuff, if you tweet at me that I got a fact wrong about that, I'm probably just going to say thanks, and, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. And I am a lot less invested in that. It's important to me personally, but mental health is important to me for a whole different reason, and, and I hope to make a difference in that area. So if I ever misspeak or if I ever say something wrong or if I'm ever – unintentionally insensitive please tell me because the only way I can change and modify the way I think and talk about things is if someone helps me understand the Mm -hmm. perspective differently so I agree
1: and even just hearing different perspectives is good because it it helps us to grow in that way I also want to say that watching the series as Brandon and I said I I did I found it emotionally upsetting oh, and absolutely. it got me thinking about some things that were pretty sad. If you find that you're you're struggling with that kind of thing, if you call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, often they can help find you referrals in the area mm-hmm. or at least connect you to areas to find therapists if you feel like you'd benefit from talking to someone because I you know, in this case we're we're kind of for educational or entertainment purposes, yep. talking about this stuff. But if you need help with yes. this stuff, it's important to reach out and connect with professionals who can do that for you.
0: Do you have anything else before? I think I, I want to close off. I, I recapped our the student memorials, and I want to quickly recap all of our points. Yep, that's uh, all. Awesome. Does that sound good? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, really quickly, the student memorials. Again, I'm going to recap it one more time just to set the stage for this whole episode. So, a student memorials depicted in the show accurately, both in terms of what the memorial was like, as well as some of the behavior around the memorial. Um, uh, there's a little bit of mixed thoughts about memorials. Our personal opinion is that they're okay. When done uh, in a way that doesn't romanticize suicide, it can help uh, open up the dialogue and communication and get people talking and thinking and grieving in their own way about suicide. Can
1: I interrupt you, too? Please. The other important thing... Uh- romanticizing suicide is is important, but it's also important to not stigmatize. So not having a memorial that's used as a warning to other people or to insult people or something like that. I mean, really, basically like other memorials where you're, you're paying your respects and expressing feelings and mourning for yeah, someone.
0: Absolutely. Uh, the next thing we talked about was warning signs. Uh, the One of the teachers and the counselor in the program give three warning signs, including withdrawing from friends and family, uh, trouble with group projects, as well as change in appearance. Uh, certainly social isolation is one of the warning signs for suicide, but overall it's of our opinion that that was a missed opportunity to talk about some of the more uh, precise and clear cut and research backed warning signs for suicide or risk factors uh, check out the link at the uh, suicidology.org or that both the warning signs that we talked about for a, maybe a more comprehensive uh, breaking down of some of the things to watch for another one of the things that we talked about really quickly was a really cute nerd reference to Star Wars and some nerd positivity and I'm all about letting people like whatever they like and you just do you and that's just cool for me uh variability in responses so there were some people who took it really hard there are some people that wanted to quit talking about it and avoid it and uh, i think the way that the show depicted that was probably pretty accurate that's my take on it mm-hmm. and uh and i think that's probably what you see in real life too is some people avoid some people take it hard some everyone grieves differently mm-hmm. <laughs> um sending of the tapes around uh so we talked pretty quickly about that and covered a couple of different things but overall uh, don't love it Uh, it's kind of like so the plot and the narrative is this mystery and it's engaging compelling but uh the way that that was done is probably not it it might not be the most sympathetic way it doesn't uh, the the sort of revenge and you're going to feel what i felt Mm. sort of thing doesn't make hannah very uh you know you can't sympathize with that a lot and i think it's important that we don't stigmatize mental health and i think like you pointed out not many people sort of have this sort of now you're going to pay because i'm going to die and the kind of
1: ironic thing too is that the, it seems like the purpose is she's trying to get them to sympathize or have compassion or see yep. from her perspective. And, I mean, the main, some of them do, but the main people do kind of tend to do that anyway, like Clay. And Absolutely. so, So anyway.
0: And the very last thing, and I think we've added some, but this is just my list, was the uh, mom's sadness, which kind of fits in the very, into the variability in responses. But she's obviously very devastated and impacted and wants to figure out what happened and why and how could it be, have been prevented. And, uh, you know, is someone responsible? And, uh, and I think that was an accurate depiction and really good acting and really powerful and moving. So that's a quick breakdown of our first talking points and our first installment and in what's going to certainly be three, maybe a four-part series. Uh, if you have any other questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, considerations, uh, or anything like that, feel free to tweet it at us or Facebook it to us or email it to us. Uh, we are available in all those ways. Uh, you can find us at www.jedicouncil.com. And uh, if you like what you Don't hear. Don't
1: forget that hyphen.
0: Don't. Oh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Jedi-Council.com. No, think of how many people would have just failed to find us. <laughs> Uh, so I think we'll probably leave it at that. Um, that's all I've got for today. Anything else for you, Katie?
1: I just want to say thank you very much for to the people listening. We really appreciate it. This Ab- means a lot.
0: Absolutely. All right, folks. Uh, just because it's a little bit more of a somber topic and and we're not to the end yet, I'm going to save my pearl of wisdom that I know you were all looking for and wondering where it was, and I'm going to save my goofy, goofy sign-off line. So for today, I'm just going to give you a thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. And
1: week. take care of yourself.
0: Absolutely. Thank <sweak> you.